You're listening to the Teach Better Talk podcast featuring expert educators eager to share progressive tactics to reach more students. Teach Better Talk is created by teachers and fueled by passion. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 138 of Teach Better Talk. I'm Ray Hewart, and as always, I am with my... Hmm, how should I describe you? Well, dancing. I'm dancing right now. You're my dancing friend, Jeff Gargas. Did you say you're dancing right now? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I'm like dancing. I like something about like you just like going an episode. I just like got all like dancey, and I'm like, I'm over, I'm still dancing like right now as I talk. I'm so this. glad that I inspired you to, to move. Look at that influence right there. <laughs> You did. I was just like, I don't know something about it. I'm like, oh, we're into another episode. And I'm like, and we still got a couple more to record tonight. And I'm just like, I'm going to dance. This is know. the moment when all of our <laughs> listeners wish that this was also on camera so they could see it. Oh, uh, you know, I had someone earlier tell me that they, they, they wish we would did it on camera. Um, you know, what? if you're listening and you think we should do this video as well, like tweet at me or Ray and hashtag teach better talk and let me know because I'd be willing to consider it, but only if people actually want to see that. You don't want me on camera right now. I'm in flippers. <laughs> I have this like cozy blanket over me. I'm in my Teach Better team zip up, and I I look like I just taught all day. That's what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Paint the picture. Oh, uh, anyway, so actually, you saying that you taught all day makes me think. So I want to go into this. So I'm going to flip this really quick. Um, this episode with uh, Jana Zephel, she the the tool that she recommends is a tool called Seesaw which we are familiar with. I know you utilize in your room. See how I connected that to you saying you're teaching all day? Anyway, wow. um, but I think it's it's a really cool tool that I know you really like and you use very effectively, but we don't we don't get a chance because it was during our six questions, so we didn't get a chance to like talk about it. So I thought a really cool introduction into this and some value here that we can maybe provide people is for you to just give us like the what is Seesaw and how you use it in your classroom. I know I'm literally putting you on the spot with that, but I'm hoping you're awesome still. I am all about it. I do it. this all the time. I can try. I mean, <laughs> so to be honest, like I'm always comfortable talking about Seesaw because I legitimately use it every single day with my students. And they actually would be way better on this podcast because they could actually tell you everything that they do because they're the ones actually doing it. But my students, um, you know, goal set and reflect every single day. And so we decided to take this time and really make it intentional so they're actually like building a digital portfolio, which Seesaw allows. But the reason I really love Seesaw, and by the way, I use the free version just to shout that out because the free version is great. I'm confident there's a million things you can do on Seesaw that I am not doing. So I really need to probably expand my, my background. But what I love about it specifically for me is the students work the entire class hour. They hustle and they, they have all this, these great aha moments. And then we take five to six minutes and they submit a seesaw reflection where they goal set from their day. And they get to first start by choosing the medium in which they want to do it. So, I mean, geez, in one class hour, you could have like all six mediums represented, but students record a video or they take a picture and write text over it. Or sometimes I have this student that does an amazing job taking a picture. She writes text over it and then she has like an audio recording. Um, it, it's just so fun. And they totally get to personalize it. And they go through, like, what did I do today? How well did I understand the, the, the topic? And what's my hope for the next time I work? You know, am I hoping to, you know, dive into a new idea? Do I need to spend more time mastering this one concept? 
And then last but not least, like, what do I need to be able to reach success? So sometimes it's, oh, just I need more time to work. Or other times it's, oh, I have a question. I'm going to make sure I get answered. But the best part of Seesaw is that it's directly linked to my account and their parents' account. So nobody else needs to see their daily goal setting and reflection. But the moment they upload it, you know, parents get a notification on their cell phone that, you know, they can kind of get a lens into their child's, you know, day right on their phone through Seesaw. And I can see it to ensure that I'm there to help them whenever they they need that as well. So it's an amazing tool. I tried out so many, so many, I won't go into this, but so many different ways to goals and reflect. And this is by far the easiest and the most, you know, like, I would say easiest, and it really supports my students the way they need to be supported every single day. So I'm a huge advocate for Seesaw. I don't know why they don't hire me. I mean, geez, come on, but love Seesaw. All right. I have two um, just, you know, clarifications I want to make sure everyone's aware of is one, props to you because we didn't rehearse that. That wasn't scripted. That was awesome. And two, no, Seesaw is not paying us. That was not an advertisement. Ray just really loves Seesaw that much because it's a great tool. So uh, that it was- It could like, have been an advertisement. I could have been, but I'm just saying that it's not. Like they're, they, Seesaw is not aware that we did all that. Um, hopefully they see that and love us, but that's it. So anyway- right, Seesaw. Seesaw, I want to be your- Commercial spokes girl seesaw. <laughs> Seriously. Ah, <laughs> uh, that was great. Thank you, Ray. That was perfect. That was exactly what I was looking for. So let's talk about the episode really quick. So Jana Ziffel is our is our guest today. Uh, she is a first grade teacher at Redbud Elementary. Uh, 19 years of teaching. So lots of experience. Uh, super fun episode. Um, I love one of the things she says that she goes to school, not work. I just love that. I think that's awesome. Um, she talks about that and sort of why she loves her job and the things that she gets out of it. Um, I, I really enjoyed her, her take on, or, or her story on her failure. I, I think it's a really important one, um, that reemphasizes a point that is very, very crucial. I'm not going to touch on it. I'll let her get there. Um, and then I also think her success was really cool. And what, what's got her excited about education, um, was a really great answer as well. Basically, I really liked the episode is what I'm trying to say, Ray. Uh, I'm so, that um, I just want, yeah. So let's just, I, I just want to get into it unless do you have any last second thing other than you love Seesaw. Well, and I also love our guests. So let's do it. <laughs> let's get into it. Episode 138 with Jana Zafel. Hey everyone, it's Ray. We are about to get right back to the episode, but I wanted to make sure you are a part of our Facebook group. The Teach Better team has a private Facebook group that has grown so much over the past few months, and we continue to do live sessions, answer questions, and have teachers share their lesson plan ideas so we can all collaborate together. Head over to Facebook and search Teach Better Team to request to join, or you can head to teachbettergroup.com and request there. Either way, we'll see you over on Facebook. Now let's get back to the episode. All right, we're here. We are chatting with Jenna Sipfell. And Jenna is so excited to have you on, get get into conversations here. We're like just a few days away from actually, I think you start back tomorrow after your winter break. And then the students come in in a few days. So we're uh-huh. at this point of like, where a lot of teachers are, are maybe feeling anxious or hopefully feeling excited. So I'm excited to dive in your head like right at this particular point of the year. Uh, but before we go like into that, I just want to ask you, how are you feeling right now? I'm feeling pretty good. feel rested and relaxed from my Christmas break and 
I'm just excited to get back to the routine and back in the classroom and, and see all the kids. Well, I am excited that you're excited for that as well, because sometimes I feel like teachers get so bogged down. They're like, oh, I wish my break was longer. But when you really do break right and you are reinvigorated to like head back to the classroom, I think that's the per that means you did break the right way. I'm proud of you. That's awesome. Thanks. <laughs> so I want to make sure our listeners get to learn all about you. So the first question is going to just ask you to describe yourself and all that you do with education. And sometimes this is hard to answer, but I think that you'll be a champ. So how do you typically answer the question of what you do? Well, I, as I thought about this, I thought, you know, so many people say, oh, I, you know, I go to work, this is my job. Um, but I, I can honestly say that I've never called it work. It's always just, okay, I'm going to school, kind of like I never left school from elementary and high school. Um, but it's a different, it's a different kind of um, feeling. Um, so I don't feel like it's work. Um, you know, some days, of course, you might feel that way. Um, but I just have a great group of people that I work with. Um, I love that my daughters are there. Um, I teach in my hometown where I grew up, so it's very familiar to me. And that was something that I kind of knew that I wanted to do when I got into, te- decided to go into teaching. Um, so, you know, and I think people talk about teaching being such a hard job, um, or some people have a different view and think that it's, you know, oh, it's easy and get the summers off. Um, but we all know that it's one of the hardest jobs, but no other job is like it um, because of all the rewards that you get and the little things day to day. And I love that no day is ever the same. I might have a plan for the day, but a lot of times it doesn't go that way. Um, so I love that part of it. Um, just being flexible and, and, you know, being okay with routine, not, you know, being adjusted a little bit and, you know, it's a fun job. It, my coworkers make it fun. Um, so yeah, that's, if somebody asks what I do, that's kind of it in a nutshell. <laughs> I love it. I love that you, you know, you, you touched on the fact that no day is ever the same, uh, that it's in your, you're constantly, you're still learning, you're still in school basically. Right. So yeah. that, and that kind of touches, that's why we like to talk about this, this next part, uh, about talking about failure. So, because I think every day you have a, there's so much that goes on in any classroom that there's so many opportunities to fail and learn. Uh, that I love talking about this. So let's let's talk. Take take us with you. Tell us a story about a time that you've had a failure. Tell us what happened. How did you overcome it? And then what did you take away from that experience? Well, I thought about this a lot, and really, like no specific instance, I guess, came to my mind other than just thinking back to those early um, beginning years of teaching, when obviously I didn't know everything. I still don't know everything. Um, always learning. Um, and I think a lot of it changed when I did become a parent myself um, in the fact that, and I teach younger students and I, I think it goes with any age group, um, but just thinking back to all those times of k- the kids, whether it was a kid that came in late or, you know, they were struggling. And I know um, in the beginning of my career, I did, I did not take the time to find out why or you know, just stop and say, good morning. And how are you? You know, it was always, okay, we get this done. I got a plan for this. I got to do that. You know, they need to do this work. And, and I can see now that, you know, none of that's going to happen if you don't take that time to build your relationships and, you know, or stop and say good morning to that kid that came in late or, you know, just those little things. I've, you know, read some different books here lately of just different stories of people talking about that and, and the effects that it has later. 
um, on those kids. So I think just thinking back to those times and how I didn't, you know, probably do that right. Um, and so I'm, I'm learning from that and learning that it's okay to not get to everything I had planned and to take that 10 minutes or so just to talk to the kids and, you know, understand their families and, and get to know, you know, kind of their backstory. Um, cause it can make a whole world of difference when you're trying to teach them and, and help them learn. I love that. Just taking the time that, that, that relationship is just the foundation of everything else. You know, our good friend Chad Oshaska always talks about like having a thousand conversations about nothing yeah. just to get to know them, just to build those relationships. So that's awesome. Um, and I think a really important thing to continue to remember as we go into the second half of the year, you may have to like rekindle some of those relationships right. and, and, and you have an, another opportunity to sort of rebuild them again and learn about what they did over, over winter break and utilize those things to maybe fix a relationship that wasn't as strong or continue to build ones that are there. So that's awesome. I love it. So let's, let's flip it now. Let's talk about a successful moment you've had. And this can be something big or something small, but tell us what happened. Why was it a success for you? And what did you take away from that experience? Well, I'm going to talk about, um, something that I wanted to try this year. Um, and that was student led conferences. Um, it's something that I've kind of read a lot about in the last year. Um, but was always, you know, asked me about four years ago, I probably would have said I was never going to try anything that was outside of my comfort zone. And I've changed a lot with that. So I've, cause I've realized that, okay, I'm going to try it. And it ends up turning out to be something great. And this was one of those, um, things that happen that way. And of course, um, you know, I grabbed another coworker and I said, Hey, what do you think about doing this? And she's one of my coworkers that's always on board for trying something new. So I knew exactly, you know, that she was the person to go to. And so that helped to get somebody else to bounce ideas off of. And so we did that when we had um, conferences in October and it was absolutely the most rewarding thing that I've done since I've been teaching for the past 18 years. <laughs> um, it was the parents absolutely loved it. Um, I watched my first graders, my six and seven year old students take complete ownership of their learning, lead the conference. And it, it just almost basically took the work off of me. Um, and I felt so much more relaxed as a teacher. You know, you get so worked up sometimes on how conferences are going to go and the, the conversations that you might have. Um, but this took a totally different, um, spin on it. And we got great uh, feedback from it. And in fact, my coworker and I are going to present um, at a conference coming up soon about how we did it and some things that we learned and things we want to try. Um, so I'm hoping to do it again in fourth quarter um, to kind of show the parents, you know, some more growth with their students. So that was, I feel like that's been the best thing that I've, something new that I tried and, and it went, it went great. So I love that you brought that up as a success moment because I don't think anybody, at least that we've had on Teach Better Talk, have really talked through student-led conferences before. But it's something I also do with my sixth graders. And even at the sixth grade age, people are like, oh, but can sixth graders really handle that? And you're like, well, yeah, it's, it's really about putting the supports in place and allowing the students to be able to thrive off of taking ownership over they're learning, but also advocating for their needs and being able to describe mm -hmm. the work they're doing. I love that you then took that idea and you're doing it at an even younger age and it was a success because I think that should even further prove the power of the student-led conference idea. Yeah. And, you know, at first I thought, okay, there's no way they're going to 
they're going to be able to talk about this. And I think I was trying to make it harder than it should be. And so I just tried to simplify it. And like I said, the other teacher and I, she's a second grade teacher. So hers were similar, but a little bit different. Um, but just stepping back and making it, you know, to what they can do. And, and it worked. It, it was great. I love that. And so you're doing so much, whether it be presenting at conferences, sharing about student-led ideas, or, I mean, geez, I'm sure you have a list of things that you're able to support teachers on and just, you know, sharing the the trials of trying something and, and how you problem solve through it. But what keeps you excited about education? What's really fueling your fire right now? Well, um, right now I'm actually working through getting my um, administration endorsements. I'll be finished with that in May. Um, so that's kind of keeping me going because I've kind of taken a a different perspective. Um, I mean, I've kind of been in some leadership roles um, in our school um, and I enjoy that, but it was, it's been kind of my fuel, I guess, if you want to call it these last, this last year, when I started last spring, just, you know, thinking about all the different possibilities that could come from this, you know, a different, different way I could help make an impact in education um, outside just the classroom, but also, knowing that with all of my experiences teaching, you know, if I was to move into that um, leadership administration role that I could bring all of that with me um, and understand and be able to connect to teachers um, in a whole different way. So that's really gotten me excited and thinking about, you know, different curriculum that our school is taking on um, and then, you know, working with my principal and kind of, you know, doing some of those administration roles has been really exciting. So I'm looking forward to the future and, and what's to come yet. <laughs> yeah, we, I so, I'm so excited for you that you're taking on that leap because that is such an important and valuable role that um, it's, it's so wonderful. I'm glad that you're pursuing that. So in terms of support, I mean, geez, now we've added even that next layer of, you know, leading a building to support educators. Um, question five always has to do with advice. And when we talk about advice, you know, we, it could be for a new teacher or, you know, somebody maybe new to a building or starting their job, but it really should be for any educator that is looking to pursue this idea of better. You know, what advice do you feel like educators need, even if you have like more than one, what advice do they need to be successful and stay on this path towards a really progressive classroom? Um, well, first of all, I think my biggest advice is do not try to do everything. I feel like that was something that was in my head um, those first few years of teaching. Oh my gosh, I have to do this. Oh, the teacher next to me has this bulletin board up and is doing this. And I, and I know for several years that that was what I tried to do. And it was just exhausting. Um, and then, you know, you get your experience, but of course you're still learning um, but I just feel like, you know, telling them you don't have to have the best bulletin boards in your room or all the newest decorations or, you know, spend all of your money at the teacher store, um, you know, really just make it simple and, you know, learn, um, learn your curriculum, um, know your, your things that you're teaching, um, and don't be afraid to try new things, even if you are the only one, um, doing them, because guess what, eventually other teachers will, want to try those new things. So I think that's, that's a big thing. Um, also just reflecting. Um, that's something I've tried to do more of, even if it's just, 
in my mind to process the day. Okay. What, what went well, what didn't go well? Um, what do I want to do different tomorrow? Um, that kind of thing, just cause I think it helps you be, you know, more successful and, you know, want to try to do new and exciting things. So I want to touch on that. Um, the reflective piece just cause it got my eye. Cause that's something that I do every day, every morning and night. I use an app on my phone. Do you have any specific way that you do that? Is it just sort of a mental thing you do naturally? Do you do you journal at all? Do you do you have like an app or a system that you do with I that? I don't have an just... app, but I'd be interested to know what what you use for that. <laughs> um, basically, just I, I use something called uh, Five Minute Journal. Oh, okay. Well, I'll have to look that up because um, I think the simpler you make it, the more you're going to do it. Um, I'm an early person. I wake up early every morning and that's kind of my hour to myself. Um, it's mostly for my exercise routine, but um, I started doing a journal um, this past year and just kind of writing down, you know, here's what's going to happen today. Here's some things I'm thinking about. Um, and then I did start one that kind of sits on my desk and I probably don't do it as much as I should, but when, you know, I have something that went well, I might just jot it down when I have something I'm worried about or, you know, something that I want to try to take more time to do. Um, then I just kind of keep that on my desk and just kind of jot notes to myself almost. Um, cause I think that just helps if it's, if it's something easy and something you put into place the same time, whether it's morning or night, then I think you're going to be more, um, apt to do it. Or if it's even just, you know, talking to your coworkers, um, and just talking through, um, there were many times that I'd go next door to my, the teacher next door to me and we'd talk about, you know, the way math went cause we were trying some similar things. And that was always good just to, even if it was just to hear yourself say it out loud, I think that's a good way to reflect. Um, also. Yeah, that's definitely a great way. I mean, whatever, whatever it is that helps you do it and think through it is the way to go. So, uh, I'll put a link in the show notes to that five five minute journal. I think it costs a couple okay. bucks, but I've been using it for several years now, and it's just a it's a really simple app. Pops up in the morning and asks you what you're grateful for, and asks you to put in your uh, daily affirmations. And then at night it pops up, and you can set the times. At night it pops up and asks you what uh, what three things, what three amazing things happened today, and then what could they have been better. So it's just a, a really simple thing, but I really enjoy it. So yeah, that sounds great. So let's let's have some fun here. Uh, we're going to do the next six questions, and your goal is to answer each one in 15 seconds or less. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. What is one ed tech tool you cannot live without? Uh, Seesaw, for sure. I use that in my classroom. Oh, I love, love it. What book are you reading right now? Um, I'm reading PJ Capozzi's uh, Fully Charged Systems. It's really good, about halfway through. Uh, and who do we need to follow on Twitter or Instagram today? Um, definitely PJ Capozzi. I love his video, um, chats that he puts on daily. Um, Maria Papis, um, she's an instructional coach that I've met through, um, visiting her school. Um, she's doing great things. And Joe Sweeney, um, who's a principal at the same school where Maria is at. Um, and he's doing awesome, awesome things with his junior high students. What's a good YouTube channel or website for educators? I like to go to Kid President. Um, my kiddos love those, and we'll show them sometimes on Mondays just to kind of be a little motivational, funny video. They love those. And then, of course, we love Ryan and Craig. They have a YouTube channel. They read stories aloud and do a little adult humor in there. And <laughs> we we always watch them each week on on Tuesdays. We call it Tech Tuesday, and we go to their their web page and and watch some of their stories. They're they're for a good laugh. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. 
Uh, give us a daily, weekly, or monthly routine every teacher should get into. Some kind of self-care. Make, make time to do that, whether it's early morning or at night before you go to bed. Just That's such an important part of your routine. And finally, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? To let it go. Just let it go. Mm. Let things go and move on because tomorrow is always a new day. Nailed it, Ray. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I feel like I needed to sing, though, let it go. That was a <laughs> I do that moment. Everybody was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like all of our listeners were like, I hope Jeff breaks into song. <laughs> That's totally true. And I feel like I, over the years, have just continued to emphasize that that need of like, you know, don't sweat the small stuff, let it go. It, I love that. That's that's a great piece of advice. I think that she gets the trophy. Jeff, will you mail that over to her? Yeah, I'll get on that. I'll get All that right. sent over. Although I thought <laughs> that was your job. Well, it's 2020 now, so I'm hoping you'll take that over. I'm a little busy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, before we head out, I do want to make sure that our listeners can connect with you and continue to learn from your amazing insight, follow what conferences you'll be at and all those things that you're doing. So do you mind sharing how people can stay connected? Sure. Um, I'm on Twitter quite a bit, um, and that's at Jana Mrs. Zipfel. And then I do have an Instagram that's for my classroom. Um, it's first grade cool cats. I love Pete the Cat. He's my favorite storybook. So that's where that comes from. <laughs> Very, very cool. I love Pete the Cat as well. <laughs> uh, and you know, you can find all the links and resources, everything we mentioned in this episode over at teachbetter.com, as well as the important uh, links for connecting with Jana over there. So make sure you head over and get the show notes at teachbetter.com for that. Be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. And if you can give us a rating and review, we'd really appreciate that as well. Let's keep taking this one step further. Think of just three of your colleagues who need to hear these amazing stories and share this podcast with them. Jana, this was awesome. I'm so glad that you uh, were able to jump in uh, during your winter break, share just your passion with us and, and all the awesome things that you're doing. We really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, I loved it. It's awesome. Thank you. And until next time, let's get out there. Let's teach better. <laughs> <laughs>